Good morning, everyone. It is Thursday here at Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California. God's blessings to you this day, and, and thank you for joining me this day as we continue on with our uh, Small Catechism Live series. And uh, today we are going to continue on uh, with our study in the Ten Commandments. Now, the Ten Commandments are what a wonderful gift they are from our Lord, as we know in the Bible, Exodus 20, as the Lord gives them uh, these commandments. And, and what a great uh, discussion this will be. So why don't we begin with a word of prayer? Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your word. Lord, we know that you have called us to fear, love, and trust in you above all things. Bless us and grant us uh, faith knowing full well that you are the one who gives us all things, that you are our gracious Lord who has redeemed and saved and rescued us from sin and death. Bless us, O Lord, in this very word as we dwell upon you as our one true God. We pray this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, friends, thank you for joining me today. And wherever, wherever, and however you are seeing this, I hope this goes well with you as we continue to review our faith. And here uh, on this small catechism live series today, we are beginning with the first commandment. Uh, you shall have no other gods, right? Remember, the context of this all uh, is given to you in Exodus chapter 20, if you have your Bible out. And... There in Exodus chapter 20, uh, verse 1 and following, uh, we very well understand and see uh, clearly as our Lord prefaces uh, the Ten Commandments with these very words. If you have your Bible out, please follow along. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Again, right there in Exodus 20. We clearly see our Lord, I am the Lord, right? I am the Lord, your God. And this is what the Lord has done for you. That he has, uh, he was telling them that he has brought them out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. This is, of course, the Exodus, right? Of course, uh, only by the powerful hand of God, not false gods, not golden calves, not, um, not other uh, false deities. Uh, only the one true God could do such things. Right? After all, Pharaoh finally let the people go. Uh, of course, he tried to change his mind, but nonetheless, God rescued the people, even in their own fear and complaints and grumbling, uh, believing that they were caught up by this body of water as the chariots were coming after them. And no, this is the Lord's work. He is showing them, prefacing the commandments with, this is who I am. I am the one who rescued you from the most impossible situation. This is the uniqueness of what our uppercase G God brings to the table. Because in, in contrast, you shall have no other gods. Lowercase G gods, can they do the I am? And the answer is no. Right? Uh, we see uh, throughout the story of the book of Exodus, 
um, as um, the, the people were making their pilgrimage uh, to the promised land, which uh, many uh, never made it there, uh, the next generation uh, did. Um, but, um, you know, we, we very well know that uh, this was their struggle. You shall have no other gods. And when we speak of gods and the commandments, remember, the first three commandments, we call it the first table of the law. Right? How ought we to love God? Uh, you shall uh, have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. And here we see clearly that the first commandment is of great importance. In a sense of, as we see it, this is the commandment to which all the other commandments flow, or all the other commandments are connected to. And what I mean by that, and this is very important, that when we uh, believe in the one true God, I am the Lord your God, Exodus 21, 20 verse 1, we very well know that uh, there we, we see things in light of uh, what he has called us to do, right? That because he's a Lord God, that he has given us all these good things, these good commandments, as they are good for us, right? That we should hear God's word faithfully, right? Uh, we should live um, under his name and not misuse his name, of course. We should, second table of the law, uh, uh, honor our parents, our father and mother, and all other authorities. We should not murder, right? These are all good things. We should not, uh, we shall not commit adultery, sexual purity, right? All these things, and we could go through this all day. But the fact is, when we see it through the first commandment, as God is giving us this very word, we very well know that he is out for our best or he is there for our best welfare by his word. He is guiding us by this word. But when we turn from God and turn to the little gods, we see everything falling apart. When we turn to our own gods, our own little gods, uh, the third commandment about the word, we just kind of, you know, we go off on our own way. I don't need to hear that. I'm just going to spin the wheels and apathetically just be there and just kind of get it done. And, and we see uh, with the second commandment that we, we, we live um, as pretenders under his name. Um, as we continue to live under our own fallen name, uh, we, we fail to trust uh, uh, and and trust the, the parents that God has given to us and all the civil authorities that are above us, right? Uh, we, we, we fail to uh, love our neighbor in a sense of protecting them in body and soul, right? We, we fail in our, our relationships and our marriage as we uh, fail to honor and love our spouse, right? All this is rooted back to lowercase g God or uppercase g God, Right? This is the channel to which it begins. This is kind of like uh, the gateway, right? And uh, here God gives us his commandment really to, uh, to show us that in Exodus 20, that I have done all this for you. In a sense of there is no other, uh, f there is no other God, but only the I am the Lord your God. This God who rescued you from slavery, 
uh, who redeemed you and brought you out of the land of Egypt by the Passover lamb, the parting of the Red Sea, all these things. And he would continue to do more for them. And he's basically saying, trust me. Trust me. I am God. Trust me. Now, we very well know that the commandments, as we talked about, about the second use of the law and the third use of the law, if you, if you missed that portion of it, please go back to our archives and check that out. But uh, we very well know that the, uh, the, the second use of the law shows us clearly the reflection of what we are really dealing with. Like, you and I very well know the one true God, creator, redeemer, sanctifier, the one who gives us the gospel through the blood of Christ, his death and resurrection. We know that he is the giver of all things. Apostles' Creed, Article 1, Apostles' Creed, Article 2, Apostles' Creed, Article 3, the Holy Spirit keeping us in the true faith, enlightening us with his gifts, calls and gathers and, and, and keeps us in the true faith. Right? This is who our God is yet. At the same time, we, we also know our sin who says what? We love our little gods because they make us, we perceive them to make us full or, or they, they fill an empty spot in our lives or they just make us feel good. Now, the commandment really shows us to put the flags up and say, does this really help us? Does this really fulfill a need? You know, we see here in Mark 10, 17 to 22, and if you have your Bible out, please, please follow along here. Why don't we turn there? Mark 10, uh, 17 to 22. And here we see uh, the, the rich young man, right? We see it right here. I kind of wrote uh, some some dialogue here for you. And here we see in Mark 10, 17 to 22, he says, what must I do? All these I have kept. And I should read this for you, right? Of course, this is live. See, I make mistakes. Anyways, verse 17 and following. And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Right? So what is happening here? We see the rich young man saying, what must I do? All these I have kept. And he kept a lot. But Jesus knew his heart. But I... I just caught that this time. He says, Jesus looking at him, and he loved him. He loved him. He was telling him the truth, the mirror of the law. See, the first commandment shows us clearly what we are dealing with in our sinful flesh. 
It shows us our sin. It shows us where is our trust. Right? We, we see it in the fall in Adam and Eve. Their trust was in who? Themselves. You shall be like God, the devil said. And they're like, light bulb moment, right? <laughs> Let's do this. And soon they realized this was a deceptive trick. Uh, what, a, what a sage that Satan is. And there they realized what they had done. And this was all in that endeavor of trying to be their own gods. And here we see Jesus looking at him and loving him and telling him the truth. Right? Stripping away all that this rich young man um, thought he had done to inherit. What must I do? All these I have kept. And soon he crushes this, uh, uh, this false notion, thinking that he was good enough by his works, when in fact he knew his heart as he had great possessions, which he clung to so tight. Because there, God showed him, Jesus showed him what his true God really is. And this is, uh, I think, when we look at this text, he says, sell all that you have. And this is the word that exposes the first commandment to this rich young man. Because this was the diagnosis. This was his lowercase g, God. You know, as I always uh, tout this book by uh, Dr. Pless here, if you have it, go get it. The Didache from uh, Emmanuel Press. Uh, If you know that website, go order it. Um, If you want one, I have some in my office, let me know. But it says right here um, in the spiral about God. This man fits Luther's description of one possessed by idolatry. Idolatry, trust, idolatry, where is your trust? And here what I'm reading is reference to Mark 10, 17 to 22. According to the large catechism, a God is the term for that to which we are to look for all good, in which we are to find refuge in all need. Therefore, to have a lowercase g God is nothing else than to trust and believe in that one with your whole heart. As I have often said, it is the trust and faith of the heart alone that make both God and an idol. If your faith and trust are right, then your God is the true one. Conversely, where your trust is false and wrong, there you do not have the true God, for these two belong together. Anything on which your heart relies and depends, I say that is really your God." So the question is for you guys, as the Lord gives us his word constantly as the law is written on our heart, what do you trust and rely and depend upon, especially in those times of need? Right? Even when the times are going well and and you, by your own perception, think, okay, everything's going well. So easy can we be tempted by this, uh, by falling from this first commandment, can't we? And here we see clearly that the commandments really bring us to that diagnosis. What do I trust? What do I need? Who do I flee to? Is it, is it my idols? Now, idols can be, is it, uh, is it that trust in idols? Idols can be so many different things. I think in this Western world, 
a lot of it is money or, or status or maybe um, a big house or maybe a certain car or, or retirement fund. Um, it could be ultimately your pride. Um, it could also be, what else? Uh, it could be relationship, right? Um, it could be uh, just simply material possessions. I mean, we have so many, so many idols. And here the commandment is really fleshing that out because God loves us, he cares for us, and he tells us the truth, what we are truly dealing with. You know, that is love, isn't it? It's not to be permissive. Permissive is the most destructive thing for us, right? Love is to tell us the truth. And the first commandment shows us truly what we are dealing with. And at the end of the day, from Genesis 3 and the fall, we very well know that what we are dealing with, our greatest idol is who, as I always say it, the unholy triumvirate, me, myself, and I. That, um, wasn't that a, um, I think that was a, I think that was a hip-hop song, wasn't it? De La Soul. I'm not sure. I gotta think about that. Sorry, random thoughts, see? Anyways, so me, myself, and I, right? And, and this is, um, this is the greatest idol that is before us. And for the rich young man, this was his great idol, himself, his possessions, and he thought he did all the things and he kept them and, and he did them, but he realized quickly that, you know, when we talk about the first commandment, we very well know what it means to fall short. You know, so if someone says, I follow the Ten Commandments pretty good, I, I think we really have to step back and say, well, let, let's go through this. Because for me and you, I know we can dwell upon the first commandment all the days of our life. Like, when we talk about the depth to which this first commandment shows us our sin, right? I mean, this is the gateway of all of it. And we'll talk about how this kind of flows uh, uh, through the other commandments. But we, we very well know that this first commandment is where we always stop. Because we know that we cannot fulfill this ourselves. The, the, the law shows us our sin. And for the Exodus Israelites, as they were on this road, they would soon, in Exodus 34, make a fashion a golden calf, right? And this is, again, a, a reminder to us how easy on this pilgrimage of faith the temptation of these little gods. Right? Do you see them in your life? And that's the question. Do you see these little gods swirling around or pervading around in your life? And the word shows us and diagnoses it and really does expose the mere second use of the law. And there, what do we do? In faith, we don't walk away sorrowful as this rich, man, young, rich young man um, did with all of his possessions because they were so great. But rather, we, second use of the law, we repent, we confess our sins, then and there the Lord is faithful and just, and he will forgive us of our sins. See, the thing is, I am the Lord your God. As we repent in faith, we know what our Lord God does. And that is Exodus 20, the Passover lamb, the blood on the doorpost and lintel, the, the foretelling of what is to come in the sacrifice of Christ. 
I am the Lord your God. And what does He do for us as we rest on the very promise? And that is Jesus. The forgiveness of your sins. See, false gods cannot do this for you. False gods cannot deliver you the goods of life, eternal forgiveness, and salvation. We can have all the money in the world. But when we take our last breath, it means nothing. We can have the biggest house. We can have the largest retirement fund. We can uh, even, uh, in our own pride, say and tout to God like the rich young man. All right. Are we back? Sorry, my phone rang. And I didn't press do not disturb. Anyway, so what we were saying here, apologies on that. Um, as, we, as, we, as we talk about uh, who our one true God is, there we repent and realize this is who our true God is. The God of the redemption. The God of uh, forgiveness. The God of salvation. The God that gives us all things. The God that gives us all the possessions that we have. Apostles Creed Article 1. And at the end of the day, there we are resting in the forgiveness of our Lord. Right? Resting in the promise of the gospel. And there we proceed under his care, under his name, as we live, move, and have our being. You know, the thing is, is that the world will not tell you that these little gods will destroy you. God loves us. That he gives us his word. And at the end of the day, it's not do better and have no other gods in a sense of you need to be perfect. No, it's to repent, right? To confess our sins. That in faith, we very well know that as the law is written on our heart, we fall short, but yet there Jesus is as the one true God. Remember, from the exodus out on the road to Jesus' exodus to the cross, we very well know this is who our Lord God is, and there we rest in Jesus, the forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. And in His name we proceed, third use of the law, as we continue to love God and love neighbor. When we fall short, as we rest on the commandments, again we repent, rest in Christ, knowing that we are absolved and forgiven of our sin. And there we continue to proceed by the third use of the law. You shall have no other gods. This is the goodest word that God gives to each and every one of us. Because the other gods will destroy. The flesh, the world, the covetousness, uh, the, 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 the uh, uh, what else? Um, uh, Uh, The idolatry that is before us, the pride and the arrogance, the Tower of Babel-like approach to life, uh, we very well know, and the world will not tell us this, the devil will not tell us this, that these little gods, though they might bring you these joys, they are only, as Matthew Harrison would say, pseudo-joys. They are false joys. They are false, and they are deceptive, and they will destroy. And the commandments show us, how we do fall short, all of us do, to our little gods, and especially when we look in the mirror at ourselves. We are our own little God. And thereby, his word, we repent. Confess our sins. And the one true God, the I Am, forgives us in Christ Jesus. And there we dwell in the one true God. I am the Lord your God. And this is the life of faith, friends. 
that though we fall short in sin, that though we face the idolatry that is at hand, it always ends on Jesus. As we confess our sins, we rest on Christ, the I am, the Lord your God. He is the provider of all things because he is the true God. False gods only provide false things. The true God provides the truth things. And that is the body and blood of Jesus. That is your baptism. That is the supper of our Lord. That is a peaceable conscience. That's the truth because your truth is Jesus who is the way, the truth, and the life. And there you proceed in the one true God. All right. Hopefully that was helpful today, um, and uh, God's blessings to you today, and, and uh, I know that went a little over, but um, thank, you for, um, thank you for being here with me today. If you have any questions, any thoughts, um, if I missed something, let me know. <laughs> um, I think I tried my dutiful best to cover all the bases, which I know we could talk about this forever, but um, what a great uh, commandment this is, and what a great wake-up call it is for all of us, right? Like, what am I, what am I thinking? Like, when I read the word and we go through this commandment, it's like, that's right. So many little gods. I mean, they're everywhere. They're not just statues. They're just not, they're not like necessarily objects, right? It's so many different ways to which we have gods. Even our own human will, our own human trust in ourselves. Self-reliance is a very big false god in our life. And this is where the word diagnoses and crushes the notion that these actually will give you what you need. At the end of the day, it's only Christ, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, who actually deliver you the greatest gifts. So remember that this day. You shall have no other gods because you have the greatest God, the one true God. The one, only true God. Let us pray. Dear Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, We know you have called us to trust in your word, to live under your name. Lord, please forgive us as we have taken refuge in in so many other little gods. Lord, bless us and comfort us and guide us in your wisdom, knowing full well that you are the one true God, the gracious God, who gives us Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins. Thank you, O Lord, for your merciful grace as you continue to lead us by your word. And bless us as we live under your eternal name. Lord, for all these things we're thankful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, friends. uh, God's blessings to you this day. and, And may you all have a wonderful day. And if you have any questions or thoughts, please go to our website. Please go to our YouTube page. And until next time, have a wonderful day. Love you all praying for you all. Until next time, adios and goodbye. Thanks for listening to these Small Catechism Live devotions. We hope this helps you as you continue to grow and study the Bible. For more information about Faith Lutheran Church, visit us online at faithmoorpark.com.